another of the 19th chapter of the book of Acts. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, who are you? Hallelujah. Jesus I know, Paul I know, who are you? And I choose for my text today, known in hell. You may be seated, God bless you. If there was ever a day that God's church and God's ministry needed to be on fire for God, to have a backbone like a solo. I got a lot of things probably wrong with me, but the spirit of fear is not one of them. If there was ever a day that we needed to stand up, it's the day we live in right now. These certain sons of Sceva were exorcists. And this is the only time this is mentioned in the New Testament. The rest of the time it calls it casting out devils. I like that better than do that in fancy words. And they had witnessed Paul taking charge over evil spirits. And they thought, we're going to do it like Paul does it. And they got this demoniac. And they began to exorcise these spirits from him. And the demoniac turned on him and said, Paul we know, Jesus we know, who are you? And leaped on him and whipped him, tore their clothes off, and they had to streak all the way home. If there was ever a day that God's people needed to stand up, it's this day right here. A man told me, a preacher told me a while back, he said, I'm afraid of the devil. I'd be afraid to get up and challenge the devil like you do, Mahaney. I said, you ought to turn your card in. Hallelujah. My God, if you're afraid of him, you're in the wrong business, preachers. We're living in the age that we have got to be known in hell. Not long ago, I was in a crusade, and a young lady called the pastor where I was preaching. And she said, I'm going from Jackson, Mississippi to Birmingham, Alabama to take my last rites in a Satan cult. And we went over and picked her up at the bus station. And she began to tell us of the degenerate life in the Satan cult. She told us about how they used drugs and rock music and sex to draw her into it. She told about how she had to give her body and her mind and her soul over to the high priest of Satan. She told about how that she had this little baby, the one of the high priests, little baby girl. She didn't know who the baby belonged to, which priest. She told how the priest commanded her to offer her baby on the altar of Satan. She said she watched as the flames licked up around her baby girl's body just hours old. And she began to scream, my God, you've got to help me, preacher. And I said, what made you call a Pentecostal preacher? She said, I was in Jackson, Mississippi at a Shoney's restaurant. And she said, all of a sudden, somebody ran in the door and hollered, here come the Pentecostals. She said, man, they was climbing under booths and the trunks of cars, girls running to the powder room. And she said, who's the Pentecostals? And they said, some little dude named Kraft has got a church at the top of the hill. And they come down here every night with a crusade. And she said, I knew if I ever needed something from God, I needed to call somebody that had that Pentecostal power that could make all them people run. 
as you said, God spoke to me and said, call one today. 31 churches in the Little Rock area where I was preaching. And she called that church where we was preaching. And she said, you've got to help me. And I said, we're going to pray for you and God's going to zap you like you ain't never been zapped. I said, God's fixing to help you. I want you to say, Jesus Christ was God manifest in the flesh. And she said, Jesus came in the flesh. I said, I didn't say that. I said, I want you to say, Jesus Christ was God manifest in the flesh. And she said, the Lord came in the flesh. And I said, I didn't say that. I said, say, Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. And she looked at me, she said, what's so great about that name? And I said, I'm going to show you what's so great about that name, lady. I want you to say, Father. And she said, Father. It didn't bother. I want you to say, Son. She said, Son. It didn't bother. And I said, I want you to say, Holy Ghost. She said, Holy Ghost. It didn't bother. There's a lot of fathers in this world, a lot of sons in this world. And I said, now I want you to say Jesus. And she said, I can't say that name. And I said, that's what's so great about that name, woman. That name will do something no title can do. That name will do something no man can do. And we're going to be known in hell because of that name. I got a telephone call. The lady told me, she said, my daughter's got a devil. Would you come and cast it out of her? And I said, I'll come over and discern her spirit. If she's got one, we'll cast it out. I said, I'm not going to have no big tug of war with her. And I said, if she don't have a devil, she's just acting up. You apply the Board of Education to the seat of correction. And discerning of spirits is not to tell what kind of suit Brother Thornton's got on, or it's not to tell whether you use right guard or left guard. Discerning of spirits is to tell what spirit you're of. Somebody gets in this church, gets up, and tries to use the gifts. I believe God takes that pastor or somebody, and God can discern whether they're of God, of the flesh, or of the devil. It don't tell what street you live on or whether you had a toothache last week. That's a misuse of the gifts of the Spirit. I said, I'll discern a spirit. I walked in, had a young preacher with me. Walked in, and the windows was busted out of the house. And I said, what happened? She said, my girl ran her head through the windows. She'd torn the stuffing out of the couch with her fingernails. And she said she tore the stuffing out of the couch. And she said, you better get ready for trouble, Brother Mahaney. I said, I'm used to it, man. I'm married. <laughs> And she said, other preachers has tried to pray for her. And she has clawed them, spit on them, and actually bit them. And she said, you better get ready. And there was another young preacher with me. He said, I'm going to wait in the front room, Mahaney. I said, go ahead, chicken. Hallelujah. And I walked in there. The little girl was deaf. No way to know but for her to know that I'd walked into the room. And she was over there praying to the devil, knelt in the corner saying, I love you, Satan. I hate you, Jesus. I love you, Satan. I hate you, Jesus. I hate a devil that'll do that to a child. He's the biggest coward in the universe. That little deaf girl didn't know I'd come in, but she changed her prayer and began to say, Why have you come to torment me, Mahaney? I'm not afraid of you. And she turned up and grit her teeth and began to spit at me, come and look on. And I said, I rebuke you, you filthy lying devil, in the name of Jesus. That child fell down on her knees and raised her hands and said, I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Can you hear me? She didn't need a theologian. She didn't need somebody up there spitting out in your windows 
papers are residing crystallized form of science should hesitate to project views to the atmosphere and I hesitate to articulate no respect. You know what she needed? Somebody known in hell. I think it's time the church rise up and get a hold of the power of God and use that name. Now you hear me, the devil's going to fight this message. I've preached it all across this country. I've preached it from New Orleans to the Canadian border, from California to New York City. And I've never preached it that the devil didn't fight it. You know why? He don't want to be exposed. He don't come with a red set of long hairs on and horns and a fork tail. That's ignorance. That's what he wants us to think. You know how it comes, the great imposter. He's got many faces. He's got many voices. And I think it's time that we expose him to this world. Now you hear me? We've got men troubling, but no doubt have insight into witchcraft and the Satan revival. But all we do is tell about it. We're going to go one step further than Johnny Todd. We're going to tell about the name. We're going to tell about how to be delivered. We're going to tell about the power of God. We're going to tell about the blood that can come down and give people something. Hallelujah. You see, there is a real, genuine devil that's the ruler of this world system. The ruler of the cosmos. They call him Beelzebub, which means Lord of the Flies, an ancient Palestinian deity. They call him Diabolus, which in the Greek means slanderer, and Diabolus, which means the divider. Do you think this is not a day of slander? Man, all you've got to do is just open up your ear if you want to use it for a garbage can, and you can hear something on anybody. Don't you accept anything about a man of God unless there's some witnesses there. You think this is not a day of division? Several years ago, God spoke to me when I was on a fast. And God said that the devil has opened up the pit of hell. And the devil has sent demons of disdain for authority into the world today. And God said, you're going to see the reproach of authority like you never saw. It started in the White House. The president was impeached. They voted the next president out. It started in government circles. There was church trouble across the world. People lost the respect for authority. Young people told the parents, get off my case. Some of you young people wouldn't think of going to the graveyard and being in a witch's service. But if you rebel against your parents and against your pastor, you've got the same spirit as a witch. Rebellion as always the sin of witchcraft. Hallelujah. You parents are say amen. We're living in the day of defiance. We're living in the day when nobody going to do what they say. Elvis Presley made a song famous, I did it my way. I did it my way. Another song came down the pipe. I didn't like it at all. It was me and Jesus got our own thing going. We don't need nobody to tell us what it's all about. That's not the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God says, how can they hear unless there be a preacher? And how can he preach unless he be sent? No man liveth to himself. And no man dieth to himself. Oh, we have strength in the name of the blood. But I'm going to tell you something. There's no strength like God's people coming together. There's no strength like worshiping God with your brothers and sisters in the Lord. The devil manifests himself today. We 
matter what they put on it. And black cats. I was riding the church with a preacher one night, and I was sitting there talking, and all of a sudden, all right, boy, they like to throw me through the windshield. I said, what in the world are you doing? He said, the black cat went in front of the car, so we got to go around the block. Another child of God. I was riding with him, and he pulled out his key and had a rabbit foot on the end of it. I said, nice rabbit foot. And he said, thank you. He said, that's good luck. I said, didn't help the rabbit much, did it? <laughs> So we don't play on stuff like that. That's the occult. I was sitting and a pastor's wife swept under my feet. Oh, Brother Hagel, let me sweep under your feet. And I said, why? She said, you'll never get married. I said, my God, you're 13 years too late for that lady. You should have done that 13 years ago. You see, we get caught up in these things. Astrology charts. Broken mirrors. Ouija boards. Do you know Ouija boards are manufactured in Salem, Massachusetts by Parker Brothers? Some of you kids with your history lesson in order to know what happened in Salem, Massachusetts. That was the witch burners. And they're manufactured in Salem, Massachusetts. I was playing the Ouija board one time. That was child's play for what we was into. And I was playing the Ouija board and I said, how many gods is there? And that Ouija board spelled out one God. Devil believes in one God and trembles. There's three that have a heart attack. Hallelujah. And I said, what's that God's name? Just spelled out Jesus. And I said, where do you get your power? I asked the Ouija board. It said, spelled out Satan. And I said, is the devil in this room? And it said, yes. And I said, where's it at? And he said, in somebody. And I said, who's the devil in? That dude run around, just run right at me. I kicked it and cussed it, tore it up. Tell me I got a devil. <laughs> you see, there's so many things that we need to be careful about. Horoscopes, astrology charts, tarot cards, achoo, different things like that. Divination, necromancy, things that are creeping into the world today like we've never witnessed before in our life. You know what Satan is doing? If a man of sin would have appeared in the world 20 years ago and would have said, I've got supernatural power, that would have laughed him off the scene. But now with all the mind-powered Uri Geller and Gene Dixon and Edgar Casey and people like that, it would nothing would surprise people today. If a man appeared that could call fire out from heaven, it wouldn't surprise the world today. It started a few years ago in the children's comics. You better look see what them kids are reading. I don't understand all I know about this. But I'm fixing to try to get into the schools, and every one of you parents that's got a kid in the public school needs to call your principal Monday and say, we got a man at our church in this city that needs to get into schools and talk to our young people about drugs. And one of you parents ought to call your principal. If you care about your young people, you will. And every school I go to, the principal's caution me, Reverend Mahaney, please don't say anything about Jesus. Instead of using that name Jesus to say, I met a friend. But I can say all I want to about the devil. I can say Lucifer, Satan, Beelzebub, devil, Slewfoot, whatever I want to about him. But I can't talk about Jesus. You know what they've done? They've kicked God out in the public school system and invited the devil in. I told Pastor Ford, I said, they don't let us in the schools. We ought to get that wagon you got sitting out back and park it right across the street from the schools. And at 3.30 when they get out of school, we ought to be out there preaching.
the nursery inquiry the other day. I read about some modern-day prophets. You get them every week, they come out, and it tells, you know, the prophets are making the prophecies for the next year, and I read some of their prophecies, and they were so ignorant. It said there's going to be a plane crash. And I can tell you that. I was coming into the airport the other day, Chicago, Illinois, and we had to taxi for an hour because the traffic was stacked up. And the lowest bidder made that airplane I was riding in. Of course there's going to be a plane crash. Then he said there's going to be an earthquake. Then there have been 30 major earthquakes this year and over 200 minor earthquakes this year. That's not prophecy. Then he really topped it off. He said Elizabeth Taylor's going to have an affair. We know that. She's going to. That's not prophecy. Prophecy is what's in the Word of God. You look at Calvary, and at Calvary in six hours, 22 ancient prophecies was fulfilled in the space of six hours. We don't need Gene Dixon. We don't need Edgar Casey. We don't need Carol Wherever Greener. I see what we need, friends. We need the old time power of God. We need men of God like Pastor Thornton that will step to the pulpit and teach us like we've never heard it in our life. Now you say, Brother Mahini, you're qualifying the devil. No, we're not. No, we're not. When you walk out here, you're going to have enough faith to drive home without any headlights if you want to. So listen to me. Jesus Christ was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. I was preaching a crusade to Brother Barnes, T.W. Barnes, last year at Minden, headed in the Civic Center. And a psychiatrist came. He said, I've come to check Mahaney out. I'm going to check his head out. Well, I, they, I run to him crazy before I got in church, so that don't bother me now. He came and at first he thought it was mass hypnotism. I said, no, don't be ignorant, man. And he watched me. He said, I'm going to find out what it is. And about halfway through the service, that psychiatrist jumped up and threw his hands up and said, oh, God, forgive me for my sins. Next thing you know, that psychiatrist at the altar. When the boss reached over and laid hands on him, when he touched him, that man began to speak in tongues. He said, I found out what it was, my lady. Hallelujah. I found out what it was, man. I got it. Hallelujah. I got it. We went out to eat that night. Not to save you from a lot of things, but eating wasn't part of it, then. We went out to eat, and I said, could I rap with you a little bit? Could I pick your brain a little bit? I like to talk to people. I like to get a hold of what people think and their thoughts. And I said, what does a psychiatric profession think about cosmic spirits and forces that actually can come in and tamper with the minds of people and cause them to do dastardly deeds that they wouldn't do any other time? He said, give me an instance. I said, well, Charles Manson, the Slew of Tate and the LeBlanca family. He said, I understand what you're talking about. I said, Adolf Hitler. Let's face it, there's something working on that dude. Killed six million Jews. That bugged my Uncle Goldstein. <laughs> I'm serious. And he said, you mean, are you asking me, do we believe there's actually spirits working in the universe that can come into the mind of people and make them do things that they wouldn't do otherwise. And, and I said, that's what I'm asking you. He said, it happens more at the full of the moon than any other time. And he said, we actually believe in the psychiatric profession in Louisiana that there are spirits that can come in and make men do things 
that they wouldn't do otherwise. And I said, what is the manifestation when these spirits begin to come into people? And he said, number one, nudity. First thing we do is tear the clothes off. And I said, tell me another one. He said, number two, he said, uh, violence. They become violent. They become violent. That's why then they take them to the state hospital. The brother was telling me yesterday that they handcuff them up because they're violent when the spirit gets a hold of them. I said, then what? He said, acute schizophrenia. They become split in personality. I looked at Brother Barnes and said, Brother Barnes, you hear what he's telling us? He said, what? I said, don't you understand, Brother Barnes? He said, no, I don't understand. And I said, he's telling us something that corroborates and confirms what the New Testament taught. I said, what's the matter with you, boy? And I said, I'm telling you that he's confirming what Jesus happened to him when the demoniac met him at the shore of Gadara. You know, the first thing that man did when he became possessed with devils, he tore his clothes off. He wanted to show his body. My God, what's wrong with people that wants to show their body off? That's the powers of hell in them. Then he become violent. Riots in the street. One man beat his mother to death with a claw hammer. Then they become split in personality. You know what that demoniac said? Why have you come to torment us? Us. He was split in personality. He was split in personality. And that is in the world today. If there's not a revival of Satanism in the world today, I don't know what I'm talking about. Friend, let me tell you something. You go to the beach this summer. No, don't go to the beach this summer. You don't have to go to, just go to the mall. See one woman wearing a gownless evening strap. <laughs> and violence. Violence. We had our general conference at Kansas City. And if they had given me a week to go in there and talk to the boys, they wouldn't nobody got bothered. But people was mugged. Some of our little quizzers was walking home from quizzing that night. And about six or eight men jumped on them boys and beat them until they broke the facial bones in their face. Didn't take a dime from them, just violence. 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 It's not safe for a lady to walk the street today. You hear me? America has become possessed with devils. It's become a habitation of devils. It's become a cage with every foul bird in it. And the only thing that can help it is a church to rise up in this end time and a ministry to rise up that's known in hell. Paul we know. Jesus we know. Who are you? I'll tell you how the devil manifests itself in the church. He gets it cold. Formal. Can't feel nothing but the air conditioner. The only wind's on the fan on the furnace. The only fire's under the peanut brittle. Yeah. One guy told me, said, the only excitement we ever had in our church, preacher, was one Sunday morning our pastor closed the doors on the pulpit and said, hooked his pants leg in the door. He was kicking, trying to get loose, and we thought he was shouting. That's how the devil manifests himself. Can't feel nothing but the air conditioner. You listen to me. The devil lives in formality. Jesus hated it. The apostles hated it. God never intended his church to be a tomb, but God intended his church to be a womb, friend. God intended this thing to be alive and supernatural. There's something in a human being. They've got to commune with supernatural powers. If they don't find it in the church, they're going to find it in a seance. They're going to find it out somewhere. And I preached a few months ago at 
we go to Louisiana, Brother Tenney, and it wasn't good we talk at Maryville High School. I don't know if Maryville's in Louisiana or Texas, but it's over there somewhere. And I went and talked to the high school, and some of the kids that came to revival that night had went to the graveyard, dug up a dead body, had the head pulled off of that body. I'm not talking about New York City. I'm not talking about out in California with the Manson family. I'm talking about right here in driving distance in Lake Charles, Louisiana. You know what I'm telling you? We have got to have a revival. We've got to have the supernatural power. Friend, you don't fight brothers with Mickey Mouse hats. You don't fight brothers with magic shows. You don't fight brothers with dummies and stuff like that. My God, we've got to have a name. We've got to have a power. We pray about as long as we can pray. And it came in the comic books. That's where the devil started it. We need a witch. Nothing wrong with that. Then came a popular TV show called Bewitched. I asked the young people in Louisiana camp how many had seen it. Almost every young person that thing had seen it. I don't know where they seen it. Saw it. Is that right? Saw it or see? I don't know how. But it was about a witch that was married to a normal man. Her name was Samantha. So how'd you see it? I seen it before I got the Holy Ghost. And she could clean up the house by wiggling her nose. Nothing wrong with that. It's just a comedy. But it was getting the world set up for the revival Satan wanted them to have. When you pray through today, you know how better the Thornton's going to feed you? On the sincere milk of the word. He's not going to set you down and give you an analytic homiletic expository facts about allegories and types and shadows and typology and Daniel 7 weeks and the dispensation of innocency and the covenants of innocence and stuff like that. He's going to tell you repent. Read the book of Acts. Read the book of John. Come to church. Fast a day a week. Let God lead you. Let God. See, you got to feed people in the milk of the word. When a baby's born, a baby don't come out and say, well, hello, Dad. Been wondering what you look like nine months now. You know what a baby does? And the devil knows that. So he went in in the children's comics and the little TV shows. Then it came a book called Rosemary's Baby about a woman that was ravaged by an incubus spirit. An incubus spirit is a demon that has sexual relations with a human. And she had a child that was human and diabolical. Then came the exorcist about a girl that became possessed with them. Through their incantations and their holy water and their rituals. And it ended up the spirit in the girl left her, entered into the Roman priest, he jumped out the window and killed himself. You know what they needed? Somebody known in hell. Hallelujah. I'm sorry, friend, but you get into it with a demon, and you begin to try to cast the demons out of somebody. Now, that's what I'm wondering about some of these Trinitarians. name, what are they going to do when they have to confront a demon? You don't cast a demon out using titles. You've got to take that name, and you've got to find that devil, and you've got to take charge over that name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No man could go in and spoil the house unless a strong man be bound. I'm sorry. I love all you folks, but you try to cast one out that using the words Father, Son, Holy Ghost, or the name of Buddha, something like that. I was in the park in Balboa Park in San Diego, California a while back and had on my black pants and my black shirt and my black leather coat and my boots and my shades and I was walking along the park witnessing the people. You walk up to a place like that with a suit on, they think you're a cop, man. They run from you. 
I was standing there, and the person walked up to me and said, uh, Can I ask you a question? No offense, brother, but God, Can I ask you a question? Hallelujah. And uh, I said, Yes. She said, Are you in the mafia? I don't know what made her think of that. And I said, No. She said, You must be a preacher then. I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, could we compare philosophies? And I said, yeah, I guess we could. And she said, uh, I've met God, but I've never met Jesus Christ. I said, that'd be a good trick. <laughs> That's right. And uh, her boyfriend was there. About six foot eight, weighed about 112 pounds. <laughs> he said, uh, I'm of Eastern philosophy. And I said, different strokes for different folks, man. And he said, I want to ask you a question. I said, well, whip it on me. He said, let's compare your God against my God. He said, is it your God's name Jesus? And I said, yes, his name's Jesus. And we had about 60 kids standing around. And they stand up on the curb looking over their heads, watching me there in San Diego in that park. And so I kind of, they looked at me. I said, okay, let's compare. He said, okay. He said, 2,000 years ago, we had a theophany. I said, we did too. He said, our manifestation of God, our visitation, walked about, said, our visitation had compassion on the poor. And I said, ours fed the poor. He said, ours had compassion on the sick. And I said, ours healed the sick. He said, ours introduced a set of dynamics that if a person would somehow each life evolved by reincarnation and they could come up into a higher plane each life and someday if they kept evolving and being reincarnated they'd reach a state of karma which is a semi-conscious state and they could be in perfection and I said I was introduced a set of laws that if you'd repent and be baptized in Jesus name you can have a new life right here hallelujah <laughs> one of those kids hollered Paul don't even preach I said I'm fixing to you hallelujah and they said, now, we sure enjoyed this preacher. And I said, well, thank you. But I said, hold it. I held on his hand. I said, we're not through comparing yet. You want to compare philosophy? And I said, what are we going to do? He said, no, that's all I know. And I said, that ain't all I know. I said, let me ask you a question. Where's your God at today? He said, man, he's dead. And I said, well, where's he at? He said, right, his body and his bones are in the tomb. He said, he's decayed by now, but said, his bones rest in the crypt where they buried our visitation from God. And I said, man, that's the difference between your God and my God, buddy. I said, I can take you to the tomb of the founders of Shintu, Baha'i, Krishna, Buddhism, Muslims, Muslims. I can take you to the tomb of all those founders, and their bones lay there unmoved by the whispers of all the dead centuries. But I said, boy, that's the difference between your God and mine. And there's young people hard poured on, preacher. Hallelujah. I said, I can take you outside Jerusalem. I can take you where they put my God. His bones ain't there, friend. He rose victorious over death.
brought an end time revival. But men took it over. And men had their superstars. We didn't go to meetings to hear the word of God. We went to see our superstar perform. That's right. We went to see Mr. Cool. That's right. And man, God cut some of their water off. Hallelujah. And God spoke to me and God said, I'm going to have a revival now. There ain't going to be no superstars but me, the bright morning star. You're not going to look and say that revival started in Charles Mahaney or C.D. Thornton or Nathaniel Urshan or J.T. Pugh or Tom Fred Penny. Nobody's going to start this revival, friend. It started in the bosom of God. It's prophesied in the Word of God. It's going to echo in the streets of America. Preacher told me, well, I said, don't you realize the power of influence Satan has? I said, yes. He said, don't you realize that when Satan fell, he took one-third of the angels with him? And I said, man, I don't know if you know much about gambling odds, but that left two-thirds with God. And I said, that's good odds, man. I always didn't like that two-for-one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Especially when God was on our side. I said, greater is he that's in you than he that's in all the world. Riches service. Hear a lot of people talking about it, but you don't hear them tell about what they do. Makes me wonder if they've ever been in one. Witches services is where they worship evil. Everything's done in reverse. The Lord's Prayer is said in reverse. The Bible's turned upside down. A blessing's a curse. A curse is a blessing. Then the Satanists are different. I was in Satan worship, Satanism. It's different than all this witchcraft and stuff. It is simply worshiping evil. Some of them eat animal guts. Some of them drink cat blood. Sleep in coffins. I know Satan is the chair two to four hours every morning before daylight to the devil. And we got the God of heaven. And we can't get people to pray an hour a day when they chant two hours a day to the evil one. My God, that's a shame when people give more to the devil than we're willing to give to Jesus Christ. Huge concerns companies actually tithe and pay part of everything they make into the Satan church. I know it for a fact. And if you boycotted them, it wouldn't hurt the people that's doing it, it just hurt the local franchiser. You can't get anything that's not tied in with the mafia or Satanism, something like that. You hear me? All we can do is stand up in this end time and have a revival like we never had in our life. Now, a man asked me, said, you don't fear the devil? And I said, I'm going to tell you something. And I'm going to tell you this. If you remember this, You'll never have to be afraid of the devil again the rest of your life. Remember this. There's a law in spiritualism and the occult and Satanism called the law of spiritual return. We've got it in the Bible. It's called the law of, of sowing and reaping. But this is a law of spiritual return. If somebody tries to cast a spell on you and that spell don't work, that spell don't take effect, you know what happens to the spell? It goes back to he who cast it. If I was still back in Satanism and I tried to put a spell on Brother Barman and it didn't work on him, you know what happened? That spell would boomerang right back on me and whatever I put on him would happen to me. And you know what's going to happen when somebody tries to put a spell on a child of God? You know what's going to happen? That lying devil's going to come right up there and he's going to see the bloodline and he's going to slam on his brakes. Hallelujah. 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 That devil's going to come up and see the name. He's going to throw on his brakes. Hallelujah. There's not one devil in the universe that can get past that blood and get past that name because greater 
trying to find something. I couldn't find it. We slept in tombs and worshiped the devil. We'd chant. Sometimes these spirits would get a hold of me, and I'd cut myself with glass and razor blades and let that blood pour on the tombstones. Some of us went completely insane. I had a priest collar. I wore a black suit like a priest in a priest collar. Had a big old black cape I wore around. Had a mustache and a big old goatee. Had it curled up. Weird-looking dude, man. Can you imagine a couple little old ladies going to the graveyard to decorate a grave? Guy jumps up in a big old cape on freaks everybody out. <laughs> man, something had driven me far from the path of reality. I was sitting in my house one day, and these spirits would get on me. And these spirits would come around me, and these spirits would chant, Kill yourself. Kill you. That's the ultimate trip for the devil, is suicide. Yeah. Some of these guys is coming out now, that's coming out of the different parts of Satanism, witchcraft. What I believe is they come to a place where they made the supreme sacrifice of them. Okay, if you love the devil so much, lay your life down. And they decide to turn to Christianity. <laughs> the supreme test in the Satan church is to give your life for the devil. But you know what God requires? I beseech you therefore, brethren, Romans 12, 1, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. He don't want you to shed your blood for him. He wants you to live for him. To be an oracle known and read of all men. And the powers of hell are assaulting this church. Now you listen to me. I would not do you justice to get up here and glorify and talk about the powers of darkness. And not, in the name of God, tell somebody how to rid themselves of it. I think it's time we expose the devil. I think it's time we rip this cover off. And I don't want any church to be paranoid over the devil. All you got to do is start dwelling on the devil. And drink everything in the world is a devil. Yeah. And it's not like that. It's not like that. I cannot find one scripture where the Bible says for us to fear the devil. I have searched this Bible, and I find no place where it says for us to fear. We only fear one, that's God. I find no place where it says the devil's supposed to back us in the corner. I find no place where it says that we're supposed to shake in our boots when the devil comes. But friend, I'll tell you what I do find. I found where it says, resist him, and he'll flee from you. Stand flat-footed, look that turkey in the face and rebuke him, and he'll flee from you. Hallelujah! 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 To stand, look him in the face, and say, I rebuke you by the authority invested in me as the name of Jesus, and I put the blood between me and you. The devil can't stop this. The devil cannot stop this church. He tried to stop it in Eden. He tried to stop it at the incarnation. He tried to stop it when Herod slew all the children. He tried to stop it when they killed Jesus. He tried to stop it at the resurrection. They hired people to lie and said they stole his body. He tried to stop it at Pentecost. They tried to stop the church out in the Roman era. They couldn't do it, friend, and they can't stop it today. This church is raised enough greater than any power in the world.
I read where he consumed himself to the wiles of the devil. I read where he let himself be taken over by the powers of hell. And man, I couldn't stay like that. I had to find out what my hero had done. And I read over there in the 20th chapter of the book of Revelation. I got the back of the book, friend, and I read where said I, John, saw an angel that came down and had a key and a great chain. He laid hold of that old dragon, the devil, and bound him and bound him. long enough to control this real good when I get to preaching about the name and I'm fixing to preach about the name and I get a little excited I'm liable to get in your lap hallelujah hallelujah I haven't learned to quench the spirit on that name yet it still thrills my soul hallelujah you hear me what's wrong with the only name that can unstop their fears what's wrong with the only name that can open blinded eyes what's wrong with the only name that can make a cripple walk what's wrong with the only name that can deliver a drug addict I'm not ashamed of that name. When the old Zechariah, the high priest, walked into the temple, he stood his divine oblation, and all of a sudden he turns around, oh, I stand to talk about angel. I'm even scared of him. It scared me. I did a prayer meeting with a buddy of mine one night. He's an evangelist. He's scared of his own shadow. He's scared to stay in the evangelist quarters. He was in the kitchen praying. It was about half dark in there, and I had on a white shirt and white pants, and I thought I'll go pray with him. He's down there praying, oh God, we do yourself. <laughs> what makes me sorry about it? <laughs> oh God, reveal yourself. And I come in that white shirt and white pants, I stood right over him. <laughs> he said, oh God. He peeked and, oh! He said, hey, don't ever do that again, man. You'd like to kill me. Can you imagine no Zachariah turns around? Oh! Blessed art thou, Zachariah. Your wife Elizabeth is going to have a child. He's going to be great in the sight of many. He's going to make every low place out of a high place, low of a crooked place straight. He's going to turn the children back to the fathers. And that son's going to be great in the eyes of many. And Zechariah said, what should be a sign unto me? Well, this is coming to pass. And he said, man, I'm going to tell you what. Because you've doubted me, you will not speak another word until all be fulfilled. Zechariah walked down the temple. Zechariah, what happened? Mm. Did you see a vision? Mm-hmm. A dream? Mm-hmm. An angel? Mm-hmm. Pretty soon, I guess it was a few months, a baby was born. And they come to him and said, it's time to name your child Zacharias. And surely he's going to name him Zacharias after you and your father, and that's just an old Jewish custom. Mm-hmm. What are you going to name him? No, no, we want something to write with. They brought him a tablet and some other one of the magic marker or something. And he began to write J-O-H-N. And when he used the right name, the string of his tongue was loosed. And that man that hadn't spoke in about nine or ten months, that man began to speak when the right name was used. Hallelujah. I'll tell you the difference between us and the world. I'll tell you the difference between us and a lot of people today. We use the right name, friend. We use that name above names. Four hundred years God hadn't spoken. From Genesis to Malachi, he spoke in types. And at Malachi, he just shut it off. Four hundred years God never spoke. It was quiet. No prophet, no saying, no conventions, no camps. It was quiet, no 
Bibles. God never spoke. One day an old man named Simeon, stumbling around the temple, walked out and looked out the door. There come a trio. They come with some turtle doves. They was poor folks. That was the offering to have the child circumcised. They walked in. Simeon said, good day. Good day. Uh, have you come from far? Not far. We've come from... Not far. Uh, your reason for coming to the temple. We have a man-child. And we've come to have him taken care of according to the law of Moses. Great. Your name, please, Joseph. I'm a poor carpenter from Nazareth. Your wife's name, Mary. Say hi to the man, Mary. Hello. Uh, great. Let's get on with the program. Uh, the child's name. Probably Joseph like your one. No. We're going to call him Jesus. And about that time, 14,000 doodads went right up the back of old Simeon. <laughs> Hallelujah. You're going to call him what? Jesus. My good man, are you aware of the legal ramifications nestled in that name? Yes, it means Jehovah's salvation. Hallelujah. And we're going to call him Jesus. Simeon has a promise he'll never die until he sees the consolation of Israel. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. He feels it, man. The whole room has changed. You've been in the service when all of a sudden everybody's shouting and dancing, and a quietness creeps across that place, and God gives a message. That's the way it was that day in the temple, man. It just... You go call him what? Jesus. And the angels begin to rejoice. Isaiah's words begin to echo down the corners of the centuries. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Then Malachi's words came, the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Oh, see me grab that baby, hallelujah. He knew he had saw him, he had witnessed his majesty. I saw him, I heard that note. He never stopped in the temple. He came back to the temple again when he was 12. He went to a feast in Cana of Galilee. He went to the Jordan, was baptized in swirling murky Jordan by John. He went to a wedding supper in Canaan. He went down and began to touch the sick, and they was healed. Jesus Christ was manifest to destroy the works of darkness. Now you listen to me. You listen to me. People are living in such a state of perplexity today that I've never saw before in my life. Go to New York City. Go to Los Angeles, San Francisco. See the moonies on the street corners. The Hare Krishnas with their shaved heads out there chanting, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. That's what they do. Walk up to you, but they're they come up to you like that. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. They get, up, get a hold of me. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. I turn around and say, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. My name of my God is greater than any name they can conjure up. I don't care if it's Buddha, Shinto, Joseph Smith. I don't care who it is, friend. The name of my Jesus has power over every name. And either we get a hold of God, God moved mightily in this service this morning. Either we get a hold of God, or we're in trouble with God. I'm talking to people today that when you leave this place, you're not going to be what you was when you came in. He that knoweth to do good, doeth it not. To him this is sin. What was required of you an hour and a half ago is not required of you anymore because you've heard the truth. I'm prophesying to you. In this last day, every 
hears it and rejects it and continues to reject it and will not get into the truth, before Jesus comes, they'll have a devil as big as a mule in them. You don't reject him and stay the same as you was before you rejected him. A little girl walked home not long ago, walked in the house, went in and got in her daddy's dresser, took his 38 pistol, sat in the rocking chair in the front room. The mother came in. She took that 38 pistol aimed at her mother's face. Mother fell dead in the front room of the house. Pretty soon the little brother came in, threw his books down, walked in and looked at the horrible scene in the front room, and he, he screamed, My God, sis! And bam! He went down. Pretty soon the dad parked the car to the carport. He walked in and screamed in horror when he seen what was happening. Bam, bam! The little girl shot him twice. He went down to the carpet. When they came in, the little girl had the pistol in her lap and sitting there humming. The arresting officer says, My God, honey, why did you do that? And she said, They never was happy. Daddy had to work two jobs so we could have as much carpet as the people across the street. Look at my little brother's arms bruised there where Daddy beat him last night. All the folks thought about was cussing and drinking. She said, I put them in peace now. Look at them. They're not cussing and drinking no more. I thought, my God, if there was ever a day that we need to realize the powers of hell are trying to destroy every family in Lake Charles, Louisiana. It's not going to be long. It's not going to be long. Somebody I'm preaching to today, it might be, it could be tonight in the darkness of your bedroom. It could be as you drive along in your automobile. All of a sudden you realize that there's a presence in that place with you. A dark, brooding presence. And that presence lets you know, I have come to take you. What do you mean, take me? Well, you lived for me, didn't you? You say, I'm neutral. I'm not living for God. I'm not living for... No, sir. Uh -uh. Not after today, when you walk out of you, either living for God or the devil won. And that presence says, now, come on. No. No, death. I don't want to... Come on now. <laughs> come on. Come on. Let me get back. Let me hear Brother Thornton preach. Let me hear somebody say, no, it's all over. Come on now. And the hoarse, crackling laugh, rasping through the corners of your mind. Come on now. Come on now. And the cold, icy hand of death reaches for you. Burning, kicking, screaming forever in the flames of hell. God's got the most beautiful utopian paradise prepared for them that love him. And the most horrible torment ever concocted in the mind of any human being could not picture what the devil has. I've seen what the devil can do with a life. I've seen things here on this earth. I can't imagine hell being any worse than what some of the things. I was in New York City in Hell's Kitchen and the Bowery a while back, and I seen those winos laying out there, some of them eating each other's vomit, graveling in the gravel. You think that's not rough? Friend, you wait till they get to hell. You wait till they get to hell. I've seen men in prison. I've sat in the cell with them and they would crack. And they'd jump up and scream. I've seen men take the bars and beat their own face into the bars until you couldn't even recognize them as a human. That's nothing compared to what hell's going to be like. I stood the other day in San Francisco, California. When I got to San Francisco, they said, any place you want to go? I said, I want to go to Alcatraz. They took me out to Alcatraz, the rock, the most infamous prison in the human history. And it had been closed down. They took me into a place and they put me in the cell that 
Robert Stroud, the Birdman of Alcatraz, was in. I sat in the cell that Al Capone was in. And as I stood there, I looked at the woman that was guiding us through. And I said, Lady, do you realize that there's a prison worse than the prison called Alcatraz? Or Angola, there's a prison called Hell. That the tormented souls of the damned scream and scratch in the North House of the universe forever. When I first came into Pentecost, evangelists came and they preached hell until sinners run screaming to the altar. My evangelist is called to straighten out a man's church. My God, we need some hell preachers. We need some people to stand against the devil. I'm talking about the madhouse of the universe, the prison of mankind, burning and crawling and kicking and screaming and scratching forever. You're choosing him today. You're going to be with him for eternity. I'm talking about a place where the fire is not quenched. I'm talking about a place where the worm dies not. I'm talking about a place where no breezes blow. I'm talking about a place where no flowers grow. I'm talking about a place where there'll be another smile. I'm talking about a place where you'll never have another moment of peace. But burning and twisting and clawing and scratching over and over in the flames of hell. Burning and falling, tormented, twisting and burning and screaming. You know why? Because one day in the service, you rejected Jesus Christ, the Lord of one day you turn it off. I don't want you, Jesus. I don't want you, Jesus. You hear me? The devil has come to this service today. Don't you think he don't come to church? The devil's more faithful than most of you saints. The devil comes. And he comes. And you know what Satan's desire is? Your Satan's desire. The devil walks these aisles. And the devil's looking for somebody today. The devil's looking for somebody. All you've got to do to join leagues with the devil... You just sit here and not accept Jesus Christ into your life. Listen to me. I wish I could pull back this floor and let you let you see the souls twisted in torment, clawing and gnawing their tongue till it hangs in shreds down their face, gritting of teeth, tearing of hair, burning and kicking and screaming and scratching, and the awful roar of the flames. I wish I could let you feel the roar of the flames as they roar and pop and the sizzle of the flesh, the sizzle of the wet eyes, as they scream and hear the cries of young girls that say, my God, Mama, why didn't you tell me? I hate you, Mama! See the church members strike out at the liberal preachers of today that won't preach the plan of salvation. I hate you. But the most horrible thing I want you to hear today, I want you to hear what the devil does for you. My friend, the devil does nothing good. All his diamonds are cut glass. The devil paints pretty pictures, but they're all phony. When you get behind the picture, it's nothing. All his promises are like empty, belching gas. And after you've given your life and you walk out this church today and you give your life for Satan, you give your life for Satan. You see, you're making a decision today. You're not neutral no more, ma'am. Sir, you're not neutral no more. You're making a decision today. And what the devil has waiting for you. I want you to know what he's got waiting. I want you to know what God's got waiting for you. Peace, joy. There's no way I can describe what it's like living for God. But the devil has eternal torment. Damnation. Burning and clawing and dicking and scratching. Over and over in the flames of hell. Demons chant. Yeah, they chant. 
every eye closes. Heaven and hell is watching this service. Heaven and hell is looking today. Yeah, there's eyes in here looking at you. The eyes of God, young lady. God, I'm dealing with a soul today. I'm dealing with a soul today. We don't reach it. We're gone, Pastor. Eyes are watching you. The devil wants you to keep your hand down. He's come up and he's lying in your ear. Keep your hand down. Don't listen to my hand. Don't listen to Jesus Christ. Keep your hand down. Thank you. 